Welcome to Islamic Life Coach School Podcast. Apply tools that you learn in this podcast and your life will be unrecognizably successful. Now your host, Dr. Kamal Akhtar. Hello, hello, hello everyone. Peace and blessings be upon all of you. We have previously discussed accountability in podcast number 40. In that episode, we talked about where does accountability start? And we identified that repeating self-deprecating thoughts is an action that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will hold us accountable for. That is a fascinating episode in itself, and go back and listen to it if you haven't already. But today's topic is independent of that, but it has a similar name, so I titled it Accountability 2.0. Today I want to talk about accountability like we most commonly think of it as today. And the way we think of it today is in terms of an accountability partner, where we want to assign the responsibility of us following through to our actions somebody else. A workout partner holds you accountable for working out three times a week. A sister from Halakha holds you responsible for taking daily tajweed lessons. Your best friend holds you accountable for not spending $300 at Sephora again. (laughs) When you said you didn't need anything. For my international listeners, Sephora is a high-end makeup store. Speaking of international listeners, alhamdulillah, I have a lot of them. That came as a pleasant surprise. I have listeners in France, Maldives, Poland, Australia, Ethiopia, and of course, the Western countries. But it's always good to see how far-reaching the message of this podcast is. Alhamdulillah. So coming back to the topic, we put accountability outside of us, and it becomes a vague, nebulous idea. And if you're here, taking time to listen to this, pay undivided attention. Because if you're interested in accountability and you want to learn how to do it right, then you will benefit much more if you pay attention and make it practical. Quiet down the distractions and make this learning an active process. We think of accountability as something we get from somebody else from outside of us. Big mistake. What we end up doing is we create accountability partners. We create accountability groups. That way we can follow up on what is it that we actually started to do. The premise is that we think other people's suggestions, their support, or even their judgment keeps us going. It keeps us taking action. But in reality, it is our thoughts that keep us going. It is our thoughts that keep us taking actions. If we say to ourselves, if someone followed up with me, it will definitely be easy for me to deliver on my promise. What we're actually doing is that we're thinking our accountability is now easier. If someone holds us responsible for exercising four times a week and we actually do it, we have created more evidence for ourselves that we did this because we were being held responsible. When in reality, it has been your thoughts all along. Your thoughts went from, I want to work out for my health and my fitness, to I want to work out so that I can tell the other person I did it. What somebody else says or does to hold you accountable is your circumstance. It does not affect you in any way until you have thoughts about it. So think of CTFAR. Circumstances, thoughts, feelings, actions, and results. Circumstances are outside of you. The way you generate your result is through your thoughts. Someone outside of you holding you accountable is your circumstance. Accountability always comes from your thoughts. Depending on what your brain is offering you that day, the outside accountability might or might not work. If I'm holding my business partner accountable so she signs off on her charts on time, she still has the option of not doing it at all. That's because I am her circumstance. If she creates a result of completed charts, that came from her own thoughts. 
When it comes to waking up early, you want a reliable alarm clock because the track record is that you waking up for fajr is questionable. <laughs> You're giving your accountability to the alarm clock. By the way, nothing wrong with that. I use alarm clocks too. And there are some really annoying alarm clocks out there, I might add. There's the one that flies and then you have to catch it to shut it off. And the one where you have to solve a really complex math problem for it to turn off. <laughs> My husband did not appreciate that one. There's also one that's on wheels, so you have to run after it. And then there's the puzzle alarm clock. <laughs> Sometimes it becomes important for us to rely on these types of methods. But in accountability, your thoughts are always the intermediary. The alarm clock is the circumstance. Depending on how heavy of a sleeper you are, you will need a proportionately obnoxious alarm clock to wake you up. <laughs> also, actions related to false pleasures, the one with high dopamine reward, are a no-brainer. They bring immediate pleasure. Very easy to engage in a lot of these activities. Accountability is important when you're trying to reach your higher purpose goals because it takes grit and dedication. This is where the dopamine reward is delayed rather than a hit of dopamine like you get from processed carbs or sugars or watching a movie or immediate gratification of buying something you didn't actually need. Goals and desires that come from our higher self require high accountability. These actions have the slowest, most delayed dopamine response. In these cases, you will need to rely on your thoughts to continue to manufacture the motivation you need for your actions. You can use an accountability partner, but the intermediary are always your thoughts. Your accountability partner is your circumstance. She has no control over your results. You are welcome to continue to use her as help, but always keep the power within yourself. Always understand that your thoughts are helping you take the action, not the other person. So most commonly, the way we end up doing this wrong is when we are completely dependent on the outside person for holding us responsible. What we're essentially doing is that we're holding them in more integrity than we're holding ourselves. We are treating ourselves as a second-class citizen. We are ignoring what our brain has to say about finishing the paper before going to the party on Saturday. Instead, we're assigning this responsibility to our best friend. We tell her, you better text us on Friday to make sure we finish the paper. When in reality, your friend and the reminder text from your friend is a neutral circumstance. They do not cause a result of a finished written paper. Your thoughts do. But what does end up happening in this false notion of accountability is that it tends to create an escape mechanism for you. In this case, if you didn't follow through to your commitment of finishing the paper, then you can say, oh, it was because of her. It was because of my accountability partner. Your brain does not like it when you don't follow through to what you said you will do, so it finds somebody else to blame. Point here is if you are using an accountability partner, make sure you are not using them as a scapegoat. The simplest solution to all of this is to be clear about what you will do and then just do it. The brain will throw tantrums. The brain will justify doing everything else but what you said you will do. Just recognize that it is your lower brain. Understand that that's its responsibility. You can even say, I understand brain, you're offering me very tempting choices, but I'm holding myself responsible. I am following through to what I said is important in my life. And this process of self-accountability is rather messy, you guys. It is not like you listen to this podcast and tomorrow morning you're going to wake up 100% accountable for all your plans. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to do things wrong. 
There are going to be times where you're not going to follow through to what you said you will do. That does not mean you cannot hold yourself accountable. It does not mean you're inherently bad at accountability. It just means that you have room to improve. You might have learned something from this mistake and you have ongoing work to do. You can hold your friend responsible to follow up on if you prayed your five prayers. You can totally use that support. But just know that it is a secondary safety mechanism. The first safety net is always you. If you said you were going to do five prayers and you didn't follow through, find out what thoughts caused that result. Continue to keep yourself in integrity. Examine what went wrong. What will you do differently next time? Say, I'm learning this process, rather than saying, I can't be held accountable, I can't trust myself. When you enroll in my Stop Emotional Eating in 6 Months or Less program, a lot of times I unintentionally become your accountability partner. And I don't mind doing that. I love helping you guys create your results of weight loss. But I am not the main source of your accountability. Your brain is. If you don't learn self-accountability, then what do you think happens when you're finished with the program? I'll tell you what happens. Old patterns will re-emerge and you will have the tendency to blame either me or the program. Which again, your prerogative, your life. You're allowed to do that. But you're not hurting me when you blame me. <laughs> I mean, believe me, it doesn't affect me one bit. But it does hurt you as a client. I believe what I teach about emotional eating, about how to change your relationship with food, which eventually leads to healthy weight loss, I believe that program is extremely strong and completely unique. And I work side by side with you to strengthen that self-accountability muscle of yours. <laughs> but your results will always remain yours to generate. Most of the time in our accountability models, our thoughts are not generating and that results in a lot of inaction. A whole bunch of inaction as a result of very low vibrational emotional energy. We feel blocked, stagnant, because we're thinking low-quality thoughts. The active learning here is to think high-quality thoughts, ones that generate enough emotional energy that can fuel your goals. A lot of times clients will tell me, I need to be held accountable. I need somebody to hold me responsible. Again, there's nothing wrong with that, but don't do it out of proper order. Put yourself ahead in order of accountability. If you're able to identify what thought is it that you're thinking that is fueling your inaction, then you can take responsibility for all of your inactions. So then you can actually change them to something that helps you take action. And you will see that gaining enough clarity around thoughts and feelings, you will blow your own mind as to how much you actually follow through with your promises. Also find out, what is the accountability feeling in your body? Is it pressure? Is it excitement? Is it indifference? Is it feeling neutral? Because each feeling will result in a completely different action and a completely different result. Undue pressure as a fuel for accountability will burn you out quickly. This is why sometimes you feel so energetic to get something done. But that energy quickly fizzles out. You start organizing your house or your workflow with your team. But three days into the process, you're completely out of steam. Because the thoughts that generated that steam then are not cutting it now. You will have to change these thoughts time and time again. You will have to be creative with the process. If one thought gave you enough emotional fuel to take action for a week or two, you might need to adopt a different thought for the next week to generate the same result. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not like you're lying to yourself. 
You're just thinking what's serving you in that moment. This is quite natural. The same thoughts that get me out of bed one morning are not the same ones that get me out of bed the next morning. Thoughts that hold me accountable for my five prayers might be different each time. What are the thoughts that create sustainable accountability for you? They might be different from day to day, and that's okay. You do not need anyone's permission to believe things that serve you every day. Accountability is always up to you. Make sure if you're arranging for an accountability partner, you're not looking for a scapegoat. The one and only person you need to hold you accountable is you. That is your higher sage self. If you give this duty to somebody else, just be cognizant that you're not doing this to escape the discomfort of failing and then blaming someone else. Accountability is created by your thoughts. A group, a friend, or a program does not create it. Those are all circumstances. In my Stop Emotional Eating program, the instructions that come with it are your circumstance. Some of my clients will feel motivated. Some of them will feel excited. Some feel pressured or deflated. Some might even feel like it's an obligation and thus feel resentment. Each of these feelings would create a completely different result. If you have a predominantly victim mentality, your thoughts might be, every program I sign up for fails me. If you have a tendency to over-rationalize things, then your thoughts might be, this person is not educated enough to teach me. If you have an overachieving type, then your goals might move further away every time you reach them, never really letting you enjoy the satisfaction that your accountability created. All of these thoughts are coming from what we collectively call the ego, the lower self. All human beings have it. To live a life void of these deprecating thoughts will make us non-human. I'm not saying it will make us inhuman, but it will make us something other than human species. Because collectively as human species, we are born with this ego, this snuffs, that is a part of our design. So we cannot completely kill it off it is included with what it means to be human. One of our imams from our local mosque, Imam Ahmad Darik Pete, he is teaching a phenomenal class called Islamic Worldview and Cognitive Frame. It's a tarbiyah self-development class. And he explained a concept in the Sabuf called extinction. So here, let me take a couple of minutes to explain what is the Sabuf and what is extinction. The sawwuf is a journey from going to Islam, which are the actions we take as Muslims, to Iman, which is the belief system behind these actions, to Ihsan, which is the constant striving for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The science of the sawwuf is about your journey of self-improvement. This term got a bad reputation because of a handful of individuals who claimed to be spiritual leaders without knowing the basics of Islam or Iman. And I'm not saying I'm an expert at either of these. I'm saying if you have objections to this Sufi concept of the sawwuf, the reason might be that some people have twisted this concept so that they can use it to take, quote-unquote, a spiritual trip, as our imam called it. And they do that without having a sound foundation of Islam or iman. So for the reasons of this podcast, if this objection is coming up for you, please continue to investigate this line of thinking and keep an open mind about it. So going back to the concept in tasawwuf called extinction, that refers to the self-improvement journey where a part of your ego that we described dies off, and as a result, you become enhanced as a human being. 
When you are practicing self-accountability, you have to overcome the obstacles that your ego presents. You have to become really good at recognizing the language of your ego that keeps you from reaching your goals. That language that keeps presenting obstacles, that keeps you blaming others, that keeps you acting like a victim of your past. And during this process of developing self-accountability, these parts of your ego will lose their strength and die. Because you will not be fueling them with your thoughts anymore. You will be concentrating on better quality thoughts. This way you become better as a human, as a Muslim, and as a mu'min, inshallah. By engaging in this method of increasing your own accountability, you will develop an extremely respectful relationship with yourself. That is your true integrity. That is true uprightness. Accountability is a strong part of your human nature. Stop looking for it outside of you. Take your own spiritual journey. Modify and upgrade your thinking and hold yourself accountable. You will undergo a part of ego extinction that your life will become unrecognizable. Inshallah. We are doing it all wrong when we are asking for other people to hold us accountable. On the day of judgment, only you will be questioned. Not your workout buddy, not your study group, not your entrepreneurship incubator group, not your teacher, not your spouse, not your halakha group, not even your alarm clock. <laughs> even shaitan that presents hyper-rationality, the victimhood, the overachieving thoughts as your very own thoughts, even he will wash his hands off of you. Start holding yourself accountable. It's fine if you make a mistake. It's fine if it falls through the first time or the second time. Do it horribly. Do it wrong. Let it be messy, but start doing it. And then keep doing it. That's the practice that needs our active attention. This process will lead to part ego extinction. Not complete ego extinction, because that is not possible in this world, but part of it at least. And it is my effort through this podcast and my coaching through Islamic Life Coach School to help you eliminate as many parts of this ego as possible. Because while you might not be able to eliminate it completely, you will get far enough in the process that you birth a completely different version of you, a version that is content and serene. You can use other people's support, no doubt about that. But make sure you're not giving them too much power over your results, because that will trip you up. Listen to this concept and apply it in the upcoming weeks. Don't just consume information. With that, I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us in the process of part ego extinction. Oh Allah, help us eliminate the parts of our nafs that keep us from recognizing your design. Oh Allah, help us eliminate beliefs that keep us dependent on other people, dependent on worldly things. Help us see that all we need in this process is your path, revelation of the Quran and the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Oh Allah, help us act like upright Muslims so we can reach the level of ihsan. Amin ya Rabbul Alameen. Please keep me in your du'as. I will talk to you guys next time. Hey, are you thinking about coaching? I invite you to a complimentary consultation with me where I can help you define the solution to your problem, regardless if you choose to work with me in the Empowered Muslim Women program or not. So you really have nothing to lose. Access the appointment link through the show notes and inshallah, I will see you there.